Good morning, everyone. I'd like to get right into the word of the Lord, so if you would, turn with me to the Gospel of John. St. John, the 10th chapter. I'm going to talk to you today about the Good Shepherd. Yeah, I'm very excited about sharing what I'm going to share with you. There were um, many individuals in the Bible that were shepherds, some not good and some very good. I'm going to talk to you about the best here this morning, okay? The Good Shepherd, and you'll see this terminology in John 10 here tonight, but um, how many of you knew that Moses was a shepherd? He oversaw the flock of his fa uh, father-in-law Jethro, but when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt, the Bible says that God put his Holy Spirit in him and that Moses was a shepherd over God's people, a good shepherd. How about David? David, when he was anointed king, he was with the flock. They had to go get him, bring him back with his brethren there, and he was anointed um, king. So he started off in the field as a shepherd, just like Moses. Then he leads God's people as one of the greatest kings ever. Did Moses have trouble at times? Did he do everything right? No. There's only one that did that, huh? And that's Jesus. Did David, did David have issues? Yeah, we'll talk about that. David was um, at home in his palace when his men were out fighting at war. And he goes to the rooftop and looks over the rooftop and he sees a woman bathing, a beautiful woman, a woman named Bathsheba. And he looks out and he sees her and being the king, he had two problems here. First thing is he should not have been looking at her while she's bathing. Secondly is because he was king, he could have anything he wanted. So he sent for her, got her, brought her back, laid with her. She conceived a child. And you guys know the story. David tried to cover it up, didn't he? David took her husband, Uriah. I'm going to make this simple and sweet. But did everything he could to have this man killed in battle. But the man was a very honorable man. And he would not. When he had an opportunity to go home and be with his wife, so it looked like when she conceived it was her husband, uh, he slept on the, the porch of the palace and would not while the other men were out fighting. Now I'm saying this because even with these troubles and with these problems, you look, Walker, give me the scripture in the book of Acts where God said, I have found David, a man after my own heart. He gave testimony that this David, this king, and I'll say it this way, was still a good shepherd. Amen? You get it, Walker? Read that for the people, please. This is Acts 13, verse 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Did you hear that? David, I have found him a man after my own heart. In the beginning it said when he had removed him, that's talking about Saul. The first king. David was the second king and his son Solomon was the third king. All reigned for 40 years. My point being here, he had trouble, didn't he? Just like all of us. But God found testimony of this man. That he was a man after his own heart. And God forgave him for his transgressions. And the thing about David was he didn't put the blame anywhere else. He told the Lord, against you and against you only have I sinned. He didn't do like his predecessor Saul and blame it on the people or blame it on somebody else. He stood up, 
he took, if you want to say it this way, I was going to say credit, but accountability for his actions, and, and God forgave him. And he becomes one of the greatest men, one of the greatest kings in all the whole Bible. Probably, at least in my opinion, behind Jesus. About to say number two, right? But uh, when you look in the uh, scripture, I'm going to show you here this today in the teaching. Um, a shepherd is an elder. If you look at it all the way in the headship down, God, as a father, gave us his only begotten son as the lamb of God without spot and without blemish. So God the Father was the shepherd of Jesus and his brethren, Israel. And we'll read here in John 10, Jesus said, I got more sheep than just Israel. He's talking about the Gentiles. He said, I got more sheep than just Israel. I'm going to bring them in. They're going to hear my voice and they're going to follow me and we'll all be one fold. Now I encourage you to read this whole chapter in John 10 because we'll see here that when Jesus speaks a parable to his disciples, he's telling them a spiritual understanding. He's telling them the will of God. He's telling them what's getting ready to happen and they don't understand what he's talking about. So then he goes back and he interprets what he's talking about. They still don't really understand. Does that ever happen for anybody? It does, doesn't it? So don't feel bad. It worked with the disciples also. There were others there that were enemies of the cross of Christ. There were others there, and I'll say it to you this way, they're grievous wolves. And you'll see in Paul's writings, he, he talks about these grievous wolves that come in, and they look to destroy the flock. A, a grievous wolf is a liar. It's a false prophet. They'll come in and speak lies. And they're there, I hope you catch this, in the, this today, they're there to draw you away from the good shepherd. They're there to make you after them. In other words, cause you to follow them and be their disciples. But a good shepherd, he knows when the wolf comes. He knows where there's problem with the flock. And he handles it. And we're getting ready to do that today. John 10 and 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. This, uh, there's a pretty lengthy reading here. So you can listen to me, you can look at it, but uh, please give me your undivided attention today when we're going through this. So anything that comes up another way is what? A thief and a robber. So are there at times thieves, robbers, wolves, false prophets, liars in the midst of the, the sheep? Book of Revelation talks about, uh, the, the, it looks like a lamb, but it speaks with a voice of what? A dragon? A false prophet? The devil? This is what Jesus is dividing out right here. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know their voice. For they know his voice. Do you hear that? My sheep know my voice, and another they'll not follow. You're not going to follow the voice of the thief and the robber, the false prophet or the wolf that's coming in to destroy the flock. If you're of God, you are going to follow the good shepherd. Amen? This parable spake Jesus. Did, did I read five? Okay, I left off on four, Tim. Verse five. 
And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. You know these parables, you know what they're for and what Jesus was doing right here? He was showing them the will of God. He was showing them the will of his Father, what his Father in heaven had planned and given to Jesus to do. And he speaks it in a parable about a good shepherd and about sheep and about wolves and false prophets, thieves and robbers. They don't understand what he's saying. But he's still showing it to them like that, isn't he? So is it good for you to be here and to hear these parables and hear the word of God, whether you understand them right away or not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because God will not withhold any good thing from his son, will he, Rick? It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So don't ever feel like you have wasted any time hearing the word of God or being around Jesus. Amen? Verse 7. So they, they didn't understand what was going on. So now look what Jesus is going to do. He's going to interpret what he was saying for them. Then, Je then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Now, where do you got to go through to be a sheep? You got to go through Jesus. He's the door. You got to go through the door. And you know what? When you go through the door and you go through Jesus, do you know that Jesus can, can make you, will make you what he is? A good shepherd. I'll never forget one of the first, I'm going to say, witnesses that I had, or in a send that God sent me. I was living in Chicago um, with all the ministry was there at the time, and the Lord... I went into a vision. I spoke this the other night when I was teaching. I'll make it simple and quick right here. But the Lord spake to me. And he said, he handed, he reached inside of his robe, inside of his bosom, and he brought out a book. And he handed me the book, and the book immediately went into me, into my chest, into my bosom, into my being. And he said, feed my sheep. He was calling me, and I at that time knew, he wants me to be a pastor. Now God had already shown me that I was called that I had been chosen, and he chose me to be his witness. And I did the best I could with that. So after this experience, to the best of my ability, I believed I was going to be a pastor according to what I knew a pastor was going to be that day. But you know, honestly, I didn't know that when he called me and, and told me that, that he was making me an elder. It took this man right here to go in the Spirit to see me as a star in heaven and come back and ordain me an elder in this life. And we have seven elders in this fellowship now. They're good shepherds, I'm going to tell you right now. They're good shepherds. They're men of God. They're honest. They have integrity. Uh, they love God with all their heart. And if you listen to them, they'll lead you right to this door. And they'll do everything for you that I'm getting ready to teach you and show you here today. Amen? Verse 8. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. You know, it's interesting. The, the Bible uses the uh, allegory of sheep and a shepherd to show you eternal life, to show you the salvation of the Lord. 
I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. You know, I, I shared with you my experience with the Lord when he sent me to feed his sheep. And, and if we look at uh, the sheep, um, what they do, do you know sheep are rather skittish? That's why we're going to read in Psalms 23, David said, which was a good shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Why is he not going to want? Because a good shepherd supplies all your needs. He leads me to green pastures. He supplies you, Mike, with your food, the word of God, what you need to live on every single day of your life. He leadeth me beside still waters. Why does it say still waters, Carrie? Because the sheep are skittish. They, they can be scattered so quickly and so easily, but a good shepherd knows that. And he carries that cane around with him with the hook on. Have you ever seen that? You know why they have those? Because if the sheep fall into a pit, they reach down there and hook them and pull them out of that pit. These are all, all spiritual things. They're pretty awesome. And so he makes sure that they can drink freely because he's going to take them, Julie, by still waters. He'll still the waters for them. The voice of the people. What else did David say? And here's one of the biggest things a good shepherd does. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. We might even read that whole psalms here today. Some amazing things that this good shepherd does. The other thing is just like Jesus did for me, he was doing for his disciples. You know when Jesus sent the disciples out, he sent them with power according to John 10. But he only sent them, you go read it, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We'll read here in John 10 where he also says, I have another fold. I have another flock. And it's talking about the Gentiles, which he started off by calling a good shepherd named the Apostle Peter to go to those Gentiles. And ultimately it was given to a good shepherd named the Apostle Paul to go and get Cornelius, to go get these other sheep and bring them in and make them one fold together. See, God's all about unity. God's about oneness. And in this chapter, when Jesus, when he was speaking these parables, the enemies, they didn't say too much. But at one point he said, I and my father are one. They hated him for that. Because you being a man, make it yourself God. They could deal with the parables as far as they didn't understand them anyway, so they didn't know what to think. But when he spoke plainly to them and said, my father and I are one, oh man, they wanted to kill him. And a good shepherd is hated by these dogs. He's hated by the false prophets. He's hated by the wolves. But you know what else about the good shepherd, Allie? He knows it. I know. I know. You know. Who's a sheep and a false prophet? I know who's going to love me. I know who's going to hate me. Ten. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. There you go. Who's the good shepherd? It's Jesus. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. Rick, here it says he, 
The good shepherd gives his life. When are you and I, you're 70, you turn 70 while you're here. When, when are you going to retire, Rick? When are you going to stop doing this? <laughs> we were just talking about that the other day. Our retirement is at our last breath. We will preach the gospel and we will be a good shepherd to you until the day we die. Amen? But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. If you have a, a, a shepherd that's not a good shepherd, he's not going to be there for you when the lies come, when they come to be destroyed. He's going to get out of there. Why? Because he doesn't love his sheep. He's not willing to lay down his life. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. Just doing it for what? If you're a hireling, why are you doing it? It's for money. It's for gain. The hireling flee because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. You know what's really neat? God was talking to me about this. Do you remember when Moses went, got a send from God to go get Israel out of Egypt? And he said, who, who should I say sent me? Who did he say? I am. How many times in the Bible does it talk about Jesus, I am? So was God telling Moses, tell him, I am the good shepherd has sent you. He says, I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Lots of I am's, huh? But here he said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I know my sheep. And have known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father and lay down my life for the sheep. So a good shepherd, he knows God, don't he? He knows God. He knows the very Spirit of God, the Father, our Father in heaven. Verse 16. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I will, must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my father, therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Does the father love the good shepherd? Yeah. Does he love Jesus? Does he love these elders, these apostles, those disciples that Jesus was making after himself? He made them elders. He made them good shepherds himself. We'll read it. We're going to read from Paul's writings and Peter's here today. Did they lay down their life? Hmm? Do you have elders in this living fellowship that are laying down their life? That their retirement's going to come when their last breath comes? Not doing it for the money. Not doing it as a hireling. This is their life. They're laying down their life for you. That's because they love the Father. They love God. And they're willing to give up everything. 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. So in this parable about the sheep and the good shepherd, Jesus is showing them what's getting ready to happen. Huh? This is me. I've been sent to do these things. I'm going to die. I'm going to give my life for you. 
that you might be like me, that I could make you a good shepherd also. Let's go to Psalms 23 real quick. Psalms, the 23rd chapter. And we're just going to read the whole thing. Lots of scripture here today, but that won't hurt you. How many of you can say this, Tim? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why do you not want? Because a good shepherd supplies all your needs. He gives you everything you need, Travis. He feeds you. He gives you water. He clothes you. He keeps you safe. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. And what does he do? He restoreth my soul. He leads you to eternal life. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I love this. Yea, wow. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And here's the reason I wanted to come and read this. Look at verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. When the enemy comes, guess who's going to be there? The good shepherd, Travis. The good shepherd. He'll prepare it. He'll set it up. He'll put them in your presence at a table and be there for you with the anointing of God to make sure, Walker, that your cup runneth over. This is amazing. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The end of following a good shepherd is eternal life. But I have a question for you. He said, surely, he's sure about this. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the, le of the Lord forever. How does he know, surely, that goodness and mercy is going to follow him all the days of his life? How did David know this? Huh? Because he was led of the Lord. And he was experiencing it in his whole life. When he sinned, God loved him. <laughs> God sent a man named, a prophet named Nathan to him. And showed him his sin. And what came with the showing and the revealing of his transgression? Mercy. Mercy. Forgiveness. Been doing a lot of preaching on forgiveness. I want to encourage you to go back and look from the beginning of the year and listen to some of our preachings and see what God was saying to us. See how God was going before us. Amazing. How many of you remember I preached like a madman when you're praying? Like Jesus said, when you stand and pray, forgive. Yeah. This is Apostle Paul, verse 28. Take heed, therefore. Now, you know who he's talking to? Go back and read the beginning of this chapter. He's talking to the elders. These are elders. He says, take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Do you hear that? How do you get to be made a good shepherd? I can say this because this is how it happened to me, Bryce. The Holy Ghost did it. Jesus appeared to me, and he sent me, Mike. He gave me the words. Did I understand it all? No. Did I do my best to fulfill to, to what I did understand? 
Was he faithful to start teaching me what a, a real pastor is, Rick? Because I just thought I'd, you know, I'd pastor a church somewhere I'd, like I'm doing right here. But no, he would care. He was making me an elder in the spirit. He was causing me to come to a place where I could walk in apostolic ministry. That's the good shepherds, huh, Rick? The apostles. The foundation of God. See, we're, we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. The reason we can be, I'm glad Rick's here today for a second witness, the reason we can be who we are is only because of Jesus. <laughs> he's doing this. He's done this. And he's going to finish it. Amen? Let's finish this up. Verse 29. Actually, I'm going to read 28 again. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Ghost makes you a good shepherd, Bryce. The Holy Ghost gives you the things you need to feed the flock, to lead them in the paths of righteousness beside the still waters, to cause mercy, grace, and kindness to be with you all the days of your life so you might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Verse 29, Paul said, For I know this, Rick, you know this, For I know this, that after my departing, grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. <laughs> We're not loved of everyone. <laughs> We're not even liked of everyone. But if I, God's okay with us, we're going to keep doing what we're doing, huh, Rick? Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Did you hear that? There will be others that come in speaking perverse things, lying, Carrie, to draw them away after. They want to make them their disciples. They want to reproduce them after themselves. Jen Gowett teaching the Sunday school today? Man, she's got one heck of a testimony. When God, and still is, delivering her from the spirit of this world, there were things that she was believing, Travis, she thought it was love. The things that were happening, things were going on in the world, she called it love. When God got a hold of her, you know what he revealed to her? What she thought was love was hate. See, the spirit of this world, I don't care if you're a liberal or a, a conservative, a Democrat or Republican, if you let the spirit of this world cause you to hate other people because of things they believe, you have lost. It got you. And that's what God did for her. He was a savior. The things she was believing when God came to her, Tim, man, the devil had planned on getting Jen Gowett to move back to Minneapolis, Minnesota. The devil had planned on destroying his family, taking his kids from him. And more than anything else, the devil had planned on her through grievous wolves of removing her from this church, this congregation. And honestly, from Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus stepped in. And he began to give her discernment. And he began to show her, Tim, the truth. And he used you as a part of that. Amazing, isn't it? To see, to experience the salvation of the Lord, 
Now she's got a testimony. Now she can bear witness. I know the true God, uh, Julie. I know the true God in Jesus Christ who he has sent. Amen? One last place and I'm done preaching. Uh, 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. We'll just begin in the first verse. Give me just a few more minutes here and you'll understand why it's uh, tough today. The elders which are among you I exhort, him all, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. That was the first thing the Lord showed me, Tim. I've called you to be my witness. And then he slowly walked me through it and said, you're going to be a pastor. You're an elder. Huh? I've called you to apostolic ministry. As ambassadors of Jesus Christ, I love it. And a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the Holy Ghost that shall be revealed. He said, feed the flock of God which is among you. This is what a good shepherd does. Taking the oversight thereof, and not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, not for money's sake, right? He said, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, don't control the people. Huh? Lead them. Don't manipulate. Show them the way to go. Like Jesus. You know, I've said this so many times, you might get tired of hearing it, but I think one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given us, obviously it's eternal life, it's Jesus, but it's free will. Free will. God's not going to force you, Sophie, to do anything. He'll help you. He'll lead you and guide you. And for a man like Paul, he'll even fully persuade you. But he's there to lead you and guide you. That's what a good shepherd does. And let's finish up with this. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. I was in the spirit one time, Kristen, and Jesus appeared to me. As I was sitting on the throne, ironically enough, David was the one that led me to this throne. And he placed a crown on my head. You know what he said to me, Travis? My son. He called me his son. Put his hand on my shoulder. Prophesied to me. Changed me. Every time I hear the word of God, it changes me. Gets me closer, Bryce, to Jesus. I am so, so thankful for the life that God has given me. Just amazing. Any questions? Nope.